In Daniel chapter 3, we read the story that a fire had been prepared. If you were not with us last week, allow me to catch you up as quickly as I can. The people of God, always under the protection of God and blessing of God, had turned their backs on him. And when you turn your back on God, you lay yourself open, defenseless against the attacks of the enemy. The people of God had turned their back on God. And rather than live under his protection and his blessing, they were looking to mess around with other cultures and other ideas and other beliefs. And because of that, they were weak and defenseless and without a savior. And in this state, the Babylonian kingdom came in and swept them up. King Nebuchadnezzar snatched them up like candy from a candy store. And then he, he captured them and he exiled them. And he took the brightest minds uh, from amongst these Hebrew people and he put them to work. And you know the story because we talked about it last week and you've heard it before. There was a handful of young men who even though they were in the worst of circumstances, away from home, uh, away from their family, living in a different country under different rules, under different dominion, decided that they would not bow down and bend their knee to anyone other than the God of heaven. And no matter the circumstance they were placed in, they sought to honor God, whether it was in their diet, in the way they carried themselves, in their language. And because of this faithfulness to God, they had been blessed and put into positions uh, reserved for Babylonian citizens, positions of governorship and, and authority. And there they were flourishing and functioning and, and living under the blessing of God, even though they were in exile. And that's where we picked up the story last week. That one of the, uh, one of the, the young men that God had allowed to be taken captive here had a special gift, that of being able to interpret dreams. And we read this in chapter 2 and 3 last week of the book of Daniel. King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream that bothered him so much. I know I'm talking fast because it's late. I can go slow. King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream that really bothered him and, he, and, and his people, his wise men, couldn't interpret it so they brought this young man who told him about the dream. But rather than understand the meaning of the dream, king was, the king was infatuated with the image of the dream. So we read last week that the king decided to make this gigantic statue of gold that would give him honor and proclaim him as king of kings. And so he did. And we, we read last week, I'll read it quickly, <clears throat> That King Nebuchadnezzar said to everyone, gathered all the people, and when the music sounds, when the harp and the lyre and the different instruments play, when the orchestra plays that downbeat, that, that Beethoven's fifth downbeat, everyone has to bow down and bend their knee and pay homage to me, King Nebuchadnezzar. And so it was that everyone was gathered, thousands and thousands, all the Babylonian Empire, and the music played, and everyone bowed their knee except somewhere in the crowd in the distance. No one could see it except if you were looking or if you were next to them, these young men, these young Hebrew men who had honored God at every step of the way so far. They stood standing. Please, follow with me. I'm going to read fast, but you read with me. We're in Daniel chapter 3, verse 13. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar, verse 13, chapter 3, book of Daniel. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summons Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold that I have set up? Is it true? It cannot be true. It cannot be true. I don't believe I'm hearing this. Now, 
I'm going to give you another chance. When you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all the kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image that I have made, very good. But if you do not, then you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. Then who will be able to rescue you out of my hand? And Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego replied to the king, and they said, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, Nebi. Can I call you Nebi? We don't need to defend ourselves against you in this matter, king. Why are you so upset? If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God, capital G, that we serve is able to save us from it. Why are you so upset? We're not trying to disrespect you. We just already have a God. The God we serve can and is able to save us, and he will save us from your hand, O king. But listen, come here. Even if he doesn't, we still won't bow down to you. We still won't bow down to you. These young men said, it doesn't matter what you throw at me. God has carried us this far. We're not going back now. And the king was furious. Even if he does not, the, the young man said, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Verse 19, we pick up the story. And Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. Up until this point, he had sort of looked at them and said, ah, well, you know, they, they, what can I do? They're Hebrews, but they're doing all right. So I'm going to help them. I'm going to, you know, kind of put them under my wing, under my protection. But now he was upset. He was furious. In fact, so furious, the Bible records that, that his attitude changed. The king said to himself, I have been benevolent with you. I've been letting you, you know, kind of, I've been letting you slide a little, but you're disrespecting me. That's big, right? In our culture, right? Yeah, go down to Mission Beach and look at somebody the wrong way, and they'll be like, what? You disrespecting me? And if you're like, no, no, we're cool. All right, I'm going to let you slide. But if you said, look, there's nothing you can do to me. The God I serve Imagine how they would feel, right? You're disrespecting me. The king says, what? You're disrespecting me? I am, do you see the gold image that I have made? Do you realize the fate of your life is in my hands? He is so upset, his attitude changed, the Bible says here. And he commanded some of the strongest soldiers, in his, verse 20, in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he ordered the furnace heated up seven times hotter than usual. I love that. Seven times. Not once. Not twice. Seven times. Unbeknownst to him, this, this man who, who thinks he's in charge of the universe is being told seven. Nobody you get that? None of you get that? I, all right. Hang in there. Seven times, and he heats it up, and he says, I am in charge here. You are in my hand. I will destroy you for disrespecting me. Heat up the furnace seven times. And the strongest men, I'm imagining them now. They're buff, but they got the little skirt. I don't know, they're, they're huge. And they're coming in like, you know, just chiseled out. 
and to look at these poor Hebrew boys. And these are not intimidating Hebrew boys. They were in white-collar positions. You know, they were behind a desk somewhere filing paperwork, you know. And here comes the strongest man to tie him up and tie him up good. And the Bible says that that's what they did. They were going to tie them up to throw them into the furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound. Our Hebrew boys were in, in regular. They were not in army clothes. They did not have any protective shields, Kevlar vests, and none of that stuff. Fire retarded pajamas. They didn't have any of that stuff. They were just wearing their usual stuff. And, 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 the, and, and the, the soldiers began to tie them up. They were bound and they were thrown. And look at this, please. Look carefully. Look with me. Verse 22, chapter 3. And the king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who brought Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So here we have these strongest men who tie them up and they're dragging. You've seen it, right? Maybe the little felts or, or in your Bible's Greatest Stories book. You've seen it, right? And, and, and there's, there's the furnace. It, it looks like a Looks like a nuclear reactor. You know, it's got the, the, the shape, like San Onofre, and, and, and it's open like that, like a pizza oven. And the, these guys are bringing, these, these little Hebrew boys and these muscled men are bringing, and they, they hurl them in, but it's so hot that the soldiers, with their gear on and their metal, and the Bible says that they, they burned. They were killed. The furnace was so hot that the soldiers who brought him in were killed. And the three Hebrew boys, bound, fell in to the furnace. They fell in. And there, everyone was watching, expected them to go up in smoke. I mean, that's what's supposed to happen when you get thrown into fire. But verse 24 tells us that King Nebuchadnezzar jumped to his feet in amazement and he began to rub his eyes and he began to say, wait a minute, didn't we throw three men in there? Didn't we tie up and throw three men in there? And his advisor said, yes, king, yes, king. That's, yeah, that's right, we threw three men in there. And then he said, look, look. I see four men walking in the fire unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like the Son of God. My friends and family and those of you that I know well and those of you that I've just met, it doesn't take much for us to realize that there are some of us in our community that are in places of tremendous heat. There are some of us in situations right now where we feel like it's getting hotter. Like someone or something has begun to turn up the heat. Not once, not twice. There are some of us who are facing situations where we feel like we have been bound and, and, and tied up tight and that we cannot escape. There are some of us who, who are under, under duress and under accusation from those that would seek to do us harm and we have been trapped and we are now bound and we are being led to this place of fire that is meant to consume us, that is meant to destroy us. And we look and we see and everyone around us see and we say, say that this is the end. This relationship is about to burn up. 
This business venture is going to go up in flames, go up in smoke. You create the moniker there. We know what it feels like. We know it, and some of us are in this moment right now. It has become very clear to us here at the church community because as we talk, those of us in leadership, the stories just seem to echo each other. God is good, yes, we know that, but in this moment, it feels like I'm walking through the fire. Now, I know what I think. I'm not sure if you agree with me, but sometimes I think that these men showed such faith that God should have just delivered them before they went down there, right? Sometimes I think, you know, when they stood before the king and they said, look, king, we're not going to bow down to you no matter what you do. And I've got, that was the moment I said, and I spoke to them last week, that was the moment when they said, even if God doesn't save us still, that's the moment the heavens should have opened. Ah. Lightning should have come down and like destroyed Nebuchadnezzar. And they should have been vindicated there. Why are they still being thrown into the fire. That bothers me. That bothers me. See, I was, I was raised to believe that, uh, I remember this memory verse when I was a child. My parents made me memorize it. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who trust him and he protects them. I was raised to believe that if you followed God and if you went to church and you put on a little suit and tie, that, that you would have this idyllic life. And that even when circumstances out of your control would surround you, you could just pray and God would miraculously deliver you. And somehow you would avoid hurt and fear and shame and guilt and you would be protected. Isn't that what the verse says? The angel that encamps and protects. So I was raised to believe that except you and I, those of you that have lived long enough like me, know that's just not how it goes down. Right? I said I was going to be honest with you. Sometimes, even when professing faith, we still go into the fire. I know we could stop here a moment and talk a lot about what that means. But I want you to just put yourself in these boys' shoes for a minute. There they were in front of the king and emboldened by their faith and by the fact that God had blessed them in the past. When the king says, I'm, I have you in my hand, and said, no, you don't, king. We belong to God. And I, I, I think that if I was in their shoes, suddenly I would have felt, you know, like, what? You know, you threaten me with these soldiers, what? I would have felt like, my God. That's how I feel sometimes when I, when I proclaim God in song. I feel like, my God is so big, he's going to help me. And, and if I was in their shoes, I would have thought, man, this is the moment. Where are those angels? Where are they going to come in? And, oh, wait, I'm being bound? I'm being gagged? And, and I would say, well, I did just say that God would save me. And even, but, but God, you, do we really have to go through this? And as they're bringing them down to the furnace, I, I, if I was like, if it was me, I would be like, any time, God, any time. Just go ahead. Now would be good. How about now? Thinking and hoping that God would spare me. I have prayed that prayer. I don't know if you're a parent I'll be honest with you, I have prayed that prayer so many times. God, please don't. I have seen the way people have to walk through the fire, and I have prayed to God to spare me, please. And yet sometimes, and this may be you today, we fall into the fire, feet bound, 
hands tied, pushed into the fire. I can't imagine what they were thinking then in that moment, but I know what it feels like to me, and you know what it feels like to you to be falling in to the flames, to feel like it's burning you, like it wants to consume everything you thought you were, everything that you believed in, that it wants to test every single ounce of faith that you might have in your body. And these young men were in the fire. In the fire. I don't know how long it took. The verse is immediate, but I don't know if they lounged around in there for a while, if, if they figured they were toasting, if they smelt. I don't know how long it took, but the Bible tells us that in the fire, Jesus came down. Listen, in the fire, through the fire, Jesus shows up. You don't always get to avoid it. But when you have to go through the fire, he will be there next to you. The Bible says that the, the king leapt out and he said, wait a minute, wasn't there three? And he looks and they said, yes, we threw in three, but I see four. This is a wicked man seeking to extinguish the people of God. And he says, I see somebody who looks like the son of God and he is hanging out with those guys who would disrespect me. I don't think you understand what I'm saying. In whatever furnace you're in in this moment, know this, that the same Son of God is standing next to you. You may not recognize it yet. You might have to burn a little before you finally figure it out. The Bible talks about how fire can be a purifying force. The Bible talks about it in the book of Revelation says that there is a refiner's fire. Let me tell you this. God does not want you to burn, but sometimes you do. God does not want to harm you, but sometimes you make that choice. But even there, in the middle of your burning, that same Jesus stands next to you through the fire. Through the fire. For some of us, this is the moment where faced with challenges to our faiths, our beliefs, challenges to everything that we stand for, we have to say, God, I will honor you no matter what. We have to claim this promise. But for some of us, it is the season to be in the fire. And I am sorry about that. If you're like me, I am so sorry about that. I know it's painful. I feel that too. I know it hurts and it's uncomfortable and you are tempted to say, where did God go? Wasn't he supposed to encamp and per where is he right now? Aren't there three that we threw in? I see four walking around, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like the Son of God. And then Nebuchadnezzar approached the opening and he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come out and come here. And Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, they walked out of the fire. Just think about that for just a moment. At what point did they realize they did not have to stay in the fire? But sometimes if you're in the fire, it is better to be there with Jesus than to avoid the fire altogether. 
I'm telling you the truth. And these young men stood in the fire, seven times hotter, because Jesus was there. And in the furnace that you're burning in right now, if you're lingering there for a while, just cling on to Jesus. When the time comes, he will call you out and you will come forth. And the king said, come out. And Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, they walked out of the fire. And everyone crowded around them and they saw that in the fire that it had not harmed their bodies nor a hair in their heads was singed. Their robes were not scorched and there was no smell of fire on them. This is unexplainable and undeniable. That is why the, the king says, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Here's what I'm trying to get you to understand. Sometimes you, this might be you today, you are being pushed into a fire, maybe one that you, you would prefer to avoid, and maybe one that you have claimed God's promise to avoid, but you are being pushed into the fire, not for your own sake necessarily, but for the sake of those who will believe when you come through the fire unsinged and unburned. Sometimes we have to walk through the fire just to prove God's deliverance for everyone else to see. Sometimes we have to walk through the fire so that we can learn to depend on God. I don't know what it is for you, but I know it's something. And I'm telling you right now, hang in there. Hang in there. The same son of God who stood next to these young men is standing next to you. The same power available to them to protect Look, look, there's things that are going to burn up in there, yes, but none of those things do you want. There are things that are going to burn up in there. One of those is your pride. That's the first to go when you're in the fire, your pride. And God cannot work with me when I'm full of pride. The other thing that God is going to burn up on you is your independence, You can't be an instrument of God if you don't want God. God cannot use you to bless the nations if you're unwilling to choose the things that he has given you. God cannot use you to demonstrate his power for the nations if you would take the credit for yourself because of your own wits, your own smarts, and all the things that you can do for yourself. Independence and pride, they burn first. But then you know what else burns? Your guilt. The shame the hurt, all that stuff that you've been carrying for so long. God wants to, like ropes around you, burn them up. So that when you walk through the fire and you come out, only God's name is glorified. And the king shouts out, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The king says, that is a true God, a living God, and I proclaim that all should bow down to that God. Today, some of us are bowing down to other gods, and that's got to stop. Images of gold are not alive. They cannot hear you. They cannot save you. But the God of heaven is a person, real and alive and powerful and here. And if you're in the furnace right now, if it's getting hotter and hotter, you see no way out. Look around. Look around for just a minute and see your Jesus standing next to you.